Welcome to the EventCore 360 podcast, where we explore different aspects of the event industry with experts in the field. Join us on this journey, expand your knowledge, and get inspired. Thank you for joining us today. If this is the first episode you are listening into, I'm Lizzie Rudge, Marketing Specialist here at EventCore and one of the co-hosts of the EventCore 360 podcast. And I'm Ann Plana, the other co-host and EventCore's VP of Strategic Initiatives. Joining us on today's episode is our Security and Compliance Manager, Mark Petrie. With over 20 years of experience in the tech field and 10 years in the security and compliance field, Mark brings a ton of experience to EventCore, and we're so happy to have him on our team. When Lizzie and I sat down to talk with Mark, we quickly realized there was a lot to cover. We knew that this conversation could get very technical, but would also be full of really valuable information, so we didn't want to rush it. And as a result, we decided to split it into a three-part series. In this first episode, Mark will share more about his background and how he ended up at EventCore. We cover some of the basics, like going over the definition of security, as well as some practical tips for evaluating the security posture of a potential technology vendor, which, as a supplier ourselves, we want you to be very comfortable doing. We think you'll get a lot out of this series and hope you'll find it as informative as we did. Without further ado, let's dive in. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with Mark Petrie, our security and compliance manager here at EventCore. Mark, how are you doing today? Thanks for having me, Lizzie. It's a beautiful afternoon. I'm feeling good and looking forward to our conversation. Excellent. Me too. First question I have for you is, uh, can you tell us some of your past work experience that have led you to your current position here at EventCore? Sure. Well, I've been in uh, tech as an IT generalist for over 20 years, but the thing that really got me thinking about security as a a practice and as a discipline was uh, I worked at Microsoft um, in uh, 2010 to uh, 2015, and I have one of the most interesting jobs in the company Uh, I was a a technical briefer in the executive briefing center, and uh, I received uh, customers from all over the world uh, that were making strategic decisions about, at that time, moving their businesses to the cloud. And uh, I'm talking about customers like uh, Coca-Cola and Toyota uh, Motors of Japan and Siemens Electronics of Germany, et cetera. I mean, very high profile companies. uh, enterprise customers. So, um, I really enjoyed the work and we briefed, uh, store, we briefed, um, uh, about Azure and office 365, which were quite nascent, quite, quite new at that time. And one of the number one customer questions was how can I be sure that if I put my data in the cloud and you're running our data on shared infrastructure, you know, shared hard drives, shared network equipment, how can I be sure that my data is safe and not commingled with that of other customers that you're hosting? And we had a whole line of discussion about how we did that encryption and the unique keys and so forth on um, one day in, uh, I believe it was September of 2012. I was in crystal city, Washington, DC in the Microsoft office in DC. And I was briefing one of the three letter agencies. I won't tell you which one, but you've heard of it. (laughs) And I had this, the CIO from that agency and it was 9.30 and we we're having our coffee and somebody walked into the briefing who was a customer person and they had a, a Washington um, uh, Washington Post newspaper and the headline was Snowden reveals all. So basically Snowden had this big blowout of 
uh, reveal a tranche of documents. And the, the immediate question was, you know, uh, he was working in what we thought was the most secure computing environment in the world. And he was able to put thousands of documents on a flash drive, stick it in his sock and walk out of the building. Right. Now, explain to me again how the cloud is secure. So so that got that that single reveal drove uh, a huge uh, block of activity on my part and that of my team to develop a really cohesive story around cloud security. And from from there, I got to here. Wow. Okay. That's incredibly impressive. And I, I love to kind of hear that background there. So working with Microsoft and, you know, these big name companies, what drew you to working for a small company like EventCore in Seattle? I'm very fortunate as a security professional to have all kinds of opportunities to work with many different companies. I think that the thing as a person in, in a senior part of my, I'm a late career, mm. uh, one of the things that fits the best uh, for me is team fit. In other words, the people that I get to work with and also on a, in a small team, you know, you get a really good sense of whether you can add value and make strategic changes. And uh, I, I had a number of interviews when I initiated a job search about a year ago. And um, uh, I just found that um, EventCore was, I mean, it had a, a, a dynamite product. It had a unique web architecture, which we'll get into a little later in the call, that has to do with security. Um and uh, a really uh, effective and, and friendly team to work with. And to me, that is almost as important as, you know, compensation. It, it really is. Absolutely. What a wonderful answer. Um, well, one, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and yeah, put myself in there as being great to work with and you are as well. We're happy to have you on the team. So thank you. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's really, that's a wonderful answer. Um, so that experience that you had with these other companies and now working with EventCore, um, how has that leveraged your position here at EventCore? So working with this Microsoft, what did you bring from Microsoft and, you know, X other companies? What did you bring with you to EventCore that's really going to help us out in the long run? In, yeah, in addition to working at Microsoft, I've, I, I worked with a major telco, uh, for a major telco downtown, and I sold basically security services, firewall, CMs, um, uh, intrusion detection systems, uh, things like that. And so the, the value of that experience is... Um, I have worked closely with major IT teams in uh, probably over 200 uh, in de uh, deploying uh, security infrastructure and then also, um, uh, you know, working on specific security problems. Uh, so I've had a really good opportunity to experience uh, what works and what doesn't work um, in a variety of settings. And that's that's really valuable. Um a lot of times people, so I'll go into how I think also the discipline of security has evolved. Um, when people say, oh, you're in, you're in security, uh, computer security, cybersecurity, they think about, you know, uh, battling hackers and taking down botnets and right. stuff like that. And that's all fun work. Um, but really, um, what is what has happened in the security world is, is over the past, I'd say, ten, five years, Enterprises have spent a huge amount of money uh, doing something I call hardening the edge. That is, they built um, screening routers, DMZs, firewalls, access control rules, uh, basically um, uh, putting barbed wire on top of the fences that surround your corporate data, right? And that's all great. That's important. Um, however, the hackers, uh, and remember, um, the threat always leads the countermeasure, right? Whether you're talking program trading on Wall Street or... Air-to-air uh, -air combat, the 
the thing that you're the thing that is the threat is all you're always reacting to it sure what the hackers have done is they have changed the focus of their work from trying to penetrate increasingly um, uh, robust uh, infrastructure like firewalls mm -hmm. to trying to target individuals uh, using uh, social media tools, using uh, these deceptive email and marketing practices up to and including the latest, which is business email compromise, mm -hmm. uh, all in, at, in an attempt to exfil, exfiltrate uh, data that may be either sold or leveraged for financial remuneration. So, so at EventCore, as we handle, I think the, the question for us is increasing the care and um, robustness of our uh, handling procedures for privacy, uh, personally identifiable information, privacy-related data uh, that we host on behalf of our customers. That's that is the core challenge that we have to uh, have to focus on this year. And we've actually the good news is we've made some great strides in the past six months, which I'm happy to describe. One of my questions was going to be. Can you tell us about some things that you're working on currently? And you were just discussing how in the last six months, we've kind of done a lot of progress in that arena. So would you be able to elaborate on some of the work that we've done to help protect the PII and you know security measures as far as it goes for a small company? Sure. So I would say that uh, as a compliance manager, I, a security and compliance manager, I work with a team, right? It's not just me. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, but what, what my coming on board, I think, has driven is a dramatic improvement in our security-related infrastructure to, to include a deployment of a really great uh, CM, a security information and event monitoring. It's a log aggreg aggregation tool that has alerts and alarms from a variety of sources, telling us that you know we've received a, a, a packet from a known C2 operator or that uh, there's been an attempt to gain access through a firewall. So an alerting and event monitoring tool uh, called Fluency, really great product. Um, uh, we've uh, dramatically improved the process by which we handle, manage, and ultimately delete privacy information. Uh, and thirdly, um, we've completed a SOC 2 assessment uh, of all of our uh, technical and business operations and came through with a, uh, I think, a very positive assessment from the audit firm on uh, how we operate the company and the infrastructure. So I'm prepared to talk about in any depth that makes sense uh, about that last one as we go further into the conversation. Oh, absolutely. We will be hitting on that since as a Vent employee myself, you know, we, I'd love to just learn more about what SOC 2 is. And I'm sure people listening would be very interested to hear what that means in regards for them and working with us as a company and just in general for, you know, other small businesses that would like to complete an assessment like this. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of going along with that... Why is security so important for a small company? It's understandable why Microsoft and Facebook and Amazon would need such um, robust security measures. Why is it so important for a small company? I'd like to define the term security if I could, uh, so we're clear on, t on how we talk about it. One of the things I've learned in life is that um, the, the, the meanings of words is based on our shared agreement of what anything means. I mean, we all can agree that a dog or a cat is a particular thing, but security is a complex topic and has many facets. But mm -hmm. for the purposes of our discussion today, the definition of security is, I think I use the term, the CIA triad. It's not related to that agency in Washington, D.C., mm. but CIA stands for confidentiality, integrity, and availability. So okay. basically, confidentiality means the, is the, the means by which 
we take the data that with which we are entrusted by our customers and we ensure that it is not um, disclosed or propagated except where authorized and appropriate. That's confidentiality. We encrypt it. We have password protection. Um, we obfuscate it, et cetera. Confidentiality. Integrity means that that data, again, entrusted by our customers to us, um, it cannot be changed. It cannot be spoofed. It cannot be overwritten or deleted it without... Um, without being done through the proper controls. We make sure that it is correct and unaltered. In other words, it can be trusted. And then availability means that it's, it does, it's not sitting on a hard drive somewhere that's getting ready to fail, that's uh, it's sitting in a broom closet with no universal power or no uninterruptible power supply. It's, we host that data. It's in a, uh, an archive in a, cloud -based, uh, in a cloud based instance. It's protected by passwords and encrypted uh, API strings. And uh, if that cloud instance, its physical location fails, that data is mirrored to another location, so it'll be available even in the event of a major uh, natural disaster. So CIA, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. That is, that is what's how we define security. Now, for a small company, um, unfortunately, uh, without disparaging any company out there, I, I've seen many cases where um, the level of rigor required to achieve what we just described as security is, does not exist. Either the data is not uh, encrypted, it's not hosted, it's sitting on a VM uh, somewhere that is not um, that is not hardened, so it can be hacked easily. Um, the, it, small companies need to be, if anything, more careful about the degree to which they deliver security as a service to their customers, because. Unfortunately, we don't have a team of 200 people working on this problem, thinking of every possible outcome. So we have we have to basically leverage world-class service providers, industry best practices, and then third, um, uh, we have to do it with a, a unique and robust design that we have tested. So um, and we do that. So that's why I think security as a as a discipline, in particular, where we're hosting data on behalf of other customers, is of paramount importance. Um, so what you just described, if somebody were looking for a, a vendor, a tech vendor, and was curious about the security measures that they take, what should a company understand, you know, everything you just said, the CIA part, is that something all security across companies would understand and be able to respond to and speak to? Uh, interesting question. I mean, in today's world, we're all techies, right? I mean, just look at what we went through to set up this recording and everything, right? Uh, in, in today's world, unfortunately, we're all put into position being techies. I think that as as you evaluate a potential business partner in any field, but certainly in the event registration world, um, it's important to ask some questions like, um, do you have a security and compliance program? Uh, it's important to ask, do you have a SOC 2 assessment available for review? Um, uh, is there someone on your team who can, who, with whom I can speak to talk about the measures by which you uh, store, manage, and uh, process uh, privacy-related information? I'm really glad you brought that up, Mark. When I think about security, I think about both the infrastructure and the things that we do administratively to put processes around what we do and and all the things we put in place to support those processes. In parallel to the work that our, I call them the boots on the ground, our professional services team, basically those project managers and developers that are all working together to support our clients' events, 
all of those processes that we put in place go hand in hand with what they're doing, because they're the ones that are practically managing security and compliance, um, or the implications of those concepts within the actual events themselves. As a former project manager, I know that I worked with clients who didn't understand why we couldn't send personal information over email, or maybe why we couldn't build a certain feature into the site that they wanted. And our response back was that it was creating a privacy vulnerability or had a a compliance concern, and they didn't always understand that. So I think the questions that you brought up about asking your vendor, um, or the questions that you brought up to ask your vendor when you're selecting an event tech provider, go hand in hand, um, not only in thinking about how the company is securing the event data, but also about how their staff are trained to manage and handle PII and compliance, and just being trained to be mindful of risks um, that could present themselves. No one's going out there and trying to create a risk. No one's trying to intentionally compromise anything. All of that happens in innocence. And so working with a company who's aware of the things that they need to be so that they can be mindful is so important for our clients to understand and recognize. I'm curious if you could expand on that. So, so terrific question. And, and uh, you, you, you're exactly right. You know, um, the threat will tend to come at, come, the threat will tend to find the weakest link in the chain. And if that happens to be uh, a person who is sloppy, whether it be with a easy to guess password or, um, or, uh, un, un, you know, inadvertent disclosure through email, that is the weakest link. So um, one of the controls, one of the requirements in both the SOC 2 assessment and the ISO 27001 certification is that just one, one of the controls is, do you have a recurring security awareness training program in place? And so the answer is yes. We, we have a quarterly, uh, we event core, we do a quarterly security awareness training that's uh, a short period of time. All employees are required to sit that training. Uh, they may or may not be asked to acknowledge that they have done it in our HR system. And each training has a different focus. Uh, our most recent one was email hacking and phishing and business uh, email compromise. The one before that was PII handling. So there's a specific focus, but I think that um, maintaining awareness of and uh, staying ahead of the evolving security threat is critical uh, because the threat will tend to change and the place you're most vulnerable is the stuff that you're not aware of yet. So part of my job is just following industry blogs. Um, There's a couple of a couple of. Uh, uh, editors that I follow, bloggers that I follow, Bruce Schneier and Brian Krebs, for example, and uh, keeping my team aware of um, really, uh, really significant uh, threats or, or, or hacks. I, in a previous job, I used to do a, a monthly security send out to our sell, technical sellers so that they had a case study in mind uh, about and felt comfortable starting a security related conversation. But Yes, when we when we event core deploy to an event site or we go to work on a particular um, customer project, we're bringing uh, all of the accumulated knowledge from all the previous products uh, projects related to security, all the learnings and best practices that we've accumulated to bear on this la- on the latest customer project. So um, I think it's it's also really you know you can have the training, you can have the firewall, you can have the countermeasures, but the over running best practices that we've accumulated accumulated over you know the past 10 years in this space 
are all encapsulated in uh, every new project, each new customer project. That we Well, I don't know about you, Anne, but I'm excited to have Mark on the team. Me too. I love not only hearing about the projects that he worked on previously, but also what drew him to EventCore and why he wanted to work with us. I really appreciate that he talked through what security really is and what it looks like for a small company. We know that security is important, but it's interesting to hear it explained by someone in the field who is able to break it down into bite-sized pieces. And one of the areas I'm really thankful that he honed in on was how important security is at all levels of an organization. Infrastructure is uh, such an important element, as is the processes that are identified and put in place, and the training of the employees is also really key. And on a similar note, it was encouraging for me to hear how there are steps every company can take, no matter the size, to reduce the risk of any security issues. I know not all providers take this into account for a variety of reasons, but the truth is that no one can afford to ignore the importance of this anymore. Clients are trusting their vendors to keep their information secure, and it's our responsibility as a supplier to do everything we can to embody that security mentality. And as I mentioned in the episode, I believe that a lot of these missteps are out of innocence or naivete. When I was a project manager, those types of things would come up regularly, and many of our individual clients were just not aware of some of the standards that our employer had required us to follow, um, or some of the federal or international regulations that we needed to comply with. And in this changing landscape, it's really hard to keep up on all that. So I know from experience that once we educate our clients, they understand and are grateful that we said something rather than just doing it because they wanted us to. That's such a good reminder, not only to be mindful about security, but also for providers to be comfortable saying no or presenting an alternate option when a request isn't the best choice, and for event planners to take the guidance of the experts that they've hired. In the second part of the series, Mark will help us better understand not only the differences between security, privacy, and compliance, but also many of the regulations that we must now follow and some of the certifications that help indicate knowledge in an area. Like I said, this is an ever-changing and expanding area, so it's easy to for all of this to get really confusing. And we hope that um, you'll be able to join us for that in a few weeks and listen as Mark breaks it down. You can find other episodes and much more information at eventcore.com. That's E-V-E-N-T-C-O-R-E.com. See you next time.